1: All right, folks. Welcome back to the latest Mountain West Wire football podcast. It is February fourth, fifth, February fifth. Matt, as, February our, as, 5th. We're ta- as we're talking here, some college football because that's what we do all the time. MWR.com, If you Like the show, like the website. Go review and subscribe, and you know, peruse the, peruse the website as we have basketball and football stuff going on. So how's it uh, how's it going for? It's early February, and we got a f- we got a few things to talk about today.
0: Got some uh, inclement weather around here. So talking about a little, talking a little ball, talking with a shop is uh, definitely going to do me some good, I think.
1: Did you know in nine days, there's two things going on in nine days from now. Well, first off, it's uh, Valentine's Day, correct? Yes. Also, New Mexico Spring Football starts on Valentine's Day.
0: Okay, well, correct me if I'm wrong, but Hawaii starts this, doesn't Hawaii start tomorrow? If I'm not oh, boy.
1: oh, man, am I missing one? I just it, saw their tweet next about week? it. I just
0: remember that they are that they start very, very soon. You know, we talked about it very briefly in passing on the podcast. And I saw a tweet recently from Cam Stone saying that uh practice was gonna be open to fans.
1: What a um, surprise. That's fun to do.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to now I'm trying to find the exact so because I. I don't think he mentioned, I don't think he mentioned the date. He tweeted out yesterday, February fourth. Practices are open to the public. See you all this week, seven
1: to nine a.m. That's an early. Hey, that's pre-work, man. You could, you have no excuse. You can go before we hit the office, right?
0: Yeah, that makes me think uh, I'm, I'm going to have to start up on my my three questions for every team over at mwwire.com.
1: I know we need to get our Hawaii guys out there. Our guys, our, just our regular guys out there, covering stuff and see what's going on. But it also means people, unfortunately, have to or go the early surf session to go watch football practice. I think it's okay to miss that. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking here. I don't see a date, but it must be. Yeah, it's going to be pretty soon. I remember there was a tweet a while back. But, yeah, we'll have spring football stuff going on. Maybe that'll probably be our next show because we had our – actually, our prior show, we went through spring questions or stuff that we want to see happen. So go listen to that one to prepare for spring football for all the programs. We'll have updates periodically as we go through, Uh, you know, spring sh- football hitting the pads, doing a few things. He's going to be the new uh, insert position here, Matt, for these teams. So it'll be mm-hmm. great. But today, we're going to do a little draft stuff, a little, a little more recruiting than draft stuff, because uh, Senior Bowl, Shrine Bowl game, the Collegiate Bowl a while back. And it's now full-on draft season as well as spring football season. So it's going to have all sorts of little things going on. But so let's start with your uh, with your quarterback, Matt, Jay Kaner. He did pretty good at the Senior Bowl. Number one quarterback, MVP at the quarterback. Position or I guess MVP of the whole game, leading the uh, what's it, the West team. I'm assuming is that how it works? Is it actually geographically sound for what they do? For no, the you Senior know, what?
0: Bowl? I, I'm almost certain that that all three of the or that, that I might be thinking of the Shrine Bowl. Forgive me, it's um, okay because <laughs> I, I didn't make a note of it on the uh, on the article that I wrote, sort of breaking down who was part of the game. But I think all three of the Fresno State players, for example, who were playing at the Shrine Bowl, were uh, on the East roster. They were the all on the same roster. roster yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah.
1: Jordan Mims, uh, Cropper, Marino Cropper, and then also you had uh, Mie, um, Nico Remigio were all on the. Yeah. Yes. They're and all also, on the uh, East.
0: And uh, Boise State left tackle, John Ojuku, also on the East roster.
1: Yeah. In the West, you had a Fajoko, and as uh, scrolling, scrolling, I forget. I think that might be. Nope. You know, we also had Shelton Neham, Nehemia. Quarterback, sorry. Yeah, What's well, I
0: well, the other thing is too. I believe that the Senior Bowl does American and National rather than East and West.
1: Yeah, that's we'll get to all of them. That's okay. There's lots of games going on, but we'll stick with you. We'll start the uh, Senior Bowl because you had him and Joe Skinner, and the game itself, it's more of a fun thing to do. It's not really a indicative of how good or not good you are at the Senior Bowl because I guarantee all the scouts and coaches are probably gone the morning of the game. Because the game is just kind of the reward, you know what I mean?
0: I think you're probably right, because I think a lot of what scouts are there to see is, you know, rather than live action, I think what is more important is just like the run up to that game. Like all the practices and the ability to see guys up close and see how they work on a day-to-day basis, You know, it's sort of, it, it may not be the most important component of the, that particular job, you know, the job being professional football player. Exactly. <laughs> you have to imagine that, you know, the preparation that, you know, that an, that an athlete puts in, you know, basically from the moment you get to a place like the senior bowl into mobile, it's sort of like an extended audition. It's an extended interview. So the fact that both Hayner and Skinner, if, if reserves, were named as, as top practice players from the week that was, mm-hmm. You know, that might seem like it's sort of like a a nothing kind of honor, but I do kind of think it might be a big deal. You know, no, by virtue of life. the fact that it's yes, by virtue of the fact that it's the guys who are who are doing the most, you know, to put in the work on the field in terms of preparation and things like that. And I think for for especially guys who aren't those top flight first, you know, no doubt first round type of guys, you know, any edge any way that you could separate yourself from the pack is going to be a big deal when April rolls around.
1: It is. And the quarterback's a big glamor position. And when you look at the quarterbacks, okay, the class wasn't like the players there weren't exactly amazing. Cause you had, let's see, you had uh like cutting hand, made a couple of them. Like I know Jaron Hall is there. I don't know. He didn't even play in the game. It looks like, so that was kind of weird for guys not to be for the <clears> game <throat> itself to be at there. So, um, but the top fives weren't there, and that's a problem. That not a problem. That's kind of a it's a double edged sword. Like, okay, how good is he? Or, yeah, I mean, he could shine and actually make na- a name for himself, which is a uh, a good uh, thing to do. Yeah. But the other guys that were not there, uh, here we got Will Levis, which that's kind of weird. Is he really going to be a top quarterback, Matt? Like because of what he did at Kentucky? I don't know. Yeah, CJ. I don't understand that hype at all. He's not a bad quarterback of any stretch to me. It just seems there's always these guys. And Kentucky's been okay, but like under Stoops, one of the was it Bob Stoops? No, not uh, mm-hmm. Mark Stoops. Like, Sorry, or, like
0: I think you know, I, yeah. he's not exactly the same kind of quarterback. Are you sure? Are we sure we're not thinking Will Levis in the same way that we oh, should have thought about Sam
1: Howell last year? Yeah, well, Howell sticking around for another season he did one more year in South Carolina. You know what I mean, uh, though. Well, like people, yeah, people yeah.
0: were talking about him as maybe a fringe first round pick, and then what he got picked by oh, Washington in what the fifth round or something like that.
1: Oh, sorry, I'm thinking of oh, sorry, I'm thinking of the other guy. Sorry about that. Sam Howell, I'm thinking of the uh, who's currently who's the South Carolina quarterback. I want to get it now because it's freaking my mind. Um, he the one? Spencer yeah, Rattler. Yeah, th- that's what i was thinking. Of. Sorry, I thought you said him. And that's why I said South Carolina. Like, wait. Oh no. Not. Sorry, because I'm like he's still in school. He is like he-, he might be. Uh but doing that stuff in Kentucky is pretty good. Like you know, what I mean, like he's not a bad quarterback. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. He moves around a bit. And I, okay, full disclosure, I guarantee you and I have not watched enough Kentucky football to realize what the deal is for how good he is. I'm not denying he's a good quarterback draft pick, but it's also seen freaking Anthony Richardson be like number ten overall. I'm like, what are they seeing? Like we're college guys watching. Because I listen to. Like ADC yeah, podcast. Know what, you know what they
0: see in Anthony Richardson? Potential. They they see a Josh Allen yeah. type quarterback in Anthony Richardson, which you makes sense. You yeah, know, I saw him play a couple of times Me this too. past yeah. season. You know I think particularly the for the Florida State game where they you know neither team could really complete a pass to save their life, but Richardson almost led them to win in that game anyway. Um you know, I see that in, in the same way that I'm assuming they probably do in other guys like you know Hendon Hooker, who of course you know toured his ACL late in the year, so he's not gonna be healthy right away. But you know, he's that he's same kind of you know, better. do you know, do everything quarterback, same with a guy like Tanner McKee. Mm. I don't trust him in I don't know. We'll see.
1: With Richard Sesson play Utah, and the reason he won because he put on a massive pump fake to whatever Utah linebacker who wasn't mm-hmm. fully amazing until week 10 got beaten he he's good at finding wide open guys, man. I'm just saying that's not bad, but yeah. it's, it's interesting. Cause like I listen to college football podcasts and they'll have guys on the NFL. I was like, why do you see him that high? It could be a thing, but these teams, if you're going to, you don't want to draft like a Zach Wilson guy. Who's on his last legs in New York jets, two years in a number two overall mm-hmm. pick. but you'll have like top guys, obviously CJ Stroud, Bryce young going to probably, um, Sorry, this mock draft book has trades, which is not what i wanted to look at. But top couple picks, you have they have Hainer kind of at QB six right now, and that's probably be a second round pick,
0: because you have that seems aggressive.
1: Guys, well, I mean, day two pick, second or third round. Sorry, day two is top hundred, basically top hundred. That still We're, seems
0: very aggressive. You think so? I think so.
1: He has Jeff Tedford well, clout around I mean, him.
0: Well, That'll yeah, help. but and, and I'm sure we'll talk about this more at length. But I think you know things that are that are definitely going to be on front offices' minds are the fact that you know through no fault of his own, Hayner doesn't have the same physical stature as other guys in this class. He's you know relatively undersized compared to a lot of his peers in this quarterback class. It's and true. I think the other thing that they're going to be that 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 front officers are going to keep an eye on is the, the fact that he's missed time over the last couple of years with injuries too.
1: Yeah, but those injuries injuries like, not nice. you, you don't want
0: to. Yeah. But you yeah. know, I mean, enough, mm. I think on the one hand, like you mentioned, like, it's not like they're, you know, the kinds of injuries that, that tend to linger, or tend to run the risk of happening again, like a hamstring injury or something like that. It's like
1: actual bone. And stuff happening.
0: But I, and so while I would say that like, you know, while you can't question his toughness on the one hand, the flip side of that is, because he's been willing to take so much punishment over the last couple of years, that one of the things that an NFL team is probably going to be thinking about is, okay, well, can we make sure that we protect him enough to make that kind of investment worthwhile? And obviously, he's going to have a chance to perform at the combine in the very near future as well. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Because I think that's going to be an even bigger opportunity for him to step up and see what he can do compared to the other throw compared to the other throwers in this class.
1: He has a lot to move up, uh, and there'll be a lot of mock drafts. that will change. Really closer teams are QB needy. Like Hendon Hooker, like I said, if he says he's ready for camp or whatever that means, like he's a really good quarterback. I think he's, mm-hmm. I think he's better than Anthony Robert Richardson. Maybe Will Levis. I think he could be up there. It's just that knee injury kind of like well, the teams, odds are teams aren't going to expect him to play right away year one mm-hmm. if he's coming off an ACL and he's ready in August first or whatever, or July 1st, whatever July first, whatever. Around camp starts for those NFL teams. Mm-hmm. But Heyner, it just depends. He's gonna be like we've seen him play. He like every throw he made this year practice, he's making double coverage to tight ends, like almost fade type throws going deep downfield. He's play and again the Jeff Tedford things not to be underrated when he like he co Aaron Rodgers when he's a Cal fifteen years ago. And so that'll give a little bump for where what he could be. He beat UCLA. He's played good, has good. He's throwing to NFL receivers on his team. He's not throwing to nobodies. He has guys who will be in the league. Two receivers, we mentioned Nico Remigio and uh, Jalen Cropper, will be in the NFL next year. So he's throwing to good like NFL talent on this team already. <laughs> so I, I don't know where he'll land, but he had a good week. And to crack that top five will be very difficult. But... If you're looking at T, like, not, it's QB it market, it's crazy and weird, and it's going to be because free agency hasn't started. You had Tom Brady retired. You have Ann Rodgers, like, Devontae Adams wants him, our former Fresno guy wants his buddy Rogers to go to Vegas. You have Jimmy G, who you're familiar with, who's a free agent right now. You have something with Ryan Tannehill going on. There's a lot of stuff, many, many other quarterbacks that could change teams. Like, is Daniel Jones going to get a contract or franchise? Gino Smith in Seattle, same type of situation. What's Washington going to do? They're a complete disaster at quarterback. So there's a lot going on. So it's hard to say, oh, hell, you could be pick number, look at here, number eight, um, 88 to the Washington Commanders. Who knows? Like There's a mm-hmm. possibility. Possibilities yeah, I mean, I, are endless I mean, for when these. You, when
0: you look at this year's quarterback class, yeah. you know it's Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. And then past that, By far, basically everybody else has one question mark or another. And the nice thing about the NFL draft it takes is one team to fall in love
1: yeah that's all it takes and we'll see like if we're kind of, we'll talk more about this draft on the road but with quarterbacks in the most fun position to discuss mm-hmm. I could see like it would be like honestly third on pick I think 80 to 100 would be about right I think for him that makes sense because he he'll be if he's literally if he's legit in the top six QB there's teams like who would he, would he would need to go to a team if you're a third round pick you're not starting right away obviously because look at, where did, where did Malik Willis get draft? Do you recall? Was he like a, can uh, I believe was a fourth first round? rounder. Can you yeah. think it was a late first round pick? pick? Okay. For, okay. I was trying to think where he went with, with Pittsburgh out there. But if if you want to go to a place, it would be a good spot where he's not going to play right away and be out there. Like, there's plenty of teams out there. It could be, could be the Cowboys. could be maybe even with the Rams. It could be Miami has a weird quarterback situation down there. I mean, Tampa has literally nobody at quarterbacks. Kyle Trask could be the guy. That's a bad spot for him to go. But there's they keep um, letting
0: Nathan Peterman be on an
1: NFL roster. Oh, they
0: should be able to find room for Jay Kingler,
1: him and Blake Gabbert, <laughs> or Blake Gabbert, go. I should say. Sorry, is Gabbert on Tampa Bay? She's he was with the Niners forever, but I don't recall. But there's he's going to find a spot, man. He's going to be somewhere. I think he could be a surprise. I know we're probably being a bit homerish, but I think he what he's done in the field deserves a spot reasonably. I don't think it'll be what Garrett Green was with the Saints a while back when they drafted him to maybe take over for Drew Brees. I don't think that's the case.
0: And I think, you know, to sort of shift toward talking more about JL Skinner in particular, mm-hmm. I think there's every reason yeah. to be bullish about him, too. Even despite the fact that he didn't play in the senior ball. You know, so, um, if you if you weren't aware, he had a, a family member that passed away during the week. Um, so you know, like Hainer, he was also named one of the uh, you know top practice players from the week, from players that he was working against all week long. So we're talking tight ends and wide receivers, and then you know stepped away to go be with his family. I mean, you're with me that that's not a that's not a big deal at all, right?
1: Yeah, it, it, no, it's it's it, he was there for the he's there for the important part of it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah and I think you know, as it does with Hainer I think his track record does a lot to speak for itself and you know if we're talking about you know the practice field really being like you know the the the, the, the more important audition and you know, the fact that he received that kind of singling out is one of those yeah. things that is you know if if we're talking about Hainer as a day 2 pick then we should definitely be talking about Skinner as a day 2 pick
1: yeah, I'm looking at Pro Football Network. They have us pick one or two to the Giants. Which okay, and it's interesting. But,
0: and, and like Hayner, he's going to get opportunities to show off at the combine oh. and at the Pro Day and things like that. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's non non factor,
0: but I think it's worth pointing out for everybody who may have, who may not have seen that.
1: No, yeah, he's good. Like the little blurb. They put here one on one exposed his man coverage, but he's a safety. He's not gonna be doing man coverage all that often, less than a quarterback. But he at least need to make plays, he gets he gets strong hits. He's a guy's a, a playmaker. So he'll those two will probably be the highest guys draft. I'm I'm thinking, at least at this moment. And the draft is not for what, still the last week of April, first week of May. out in mm-hmm. Kansas City. I want to say. So there's plenty of time to go through those. And then you have to go to the East West game, like Nico Remijo, mentioned Jalen Cropper, like those guys. We see what they can play. In the was in the championship game. Like he had the kick returns. He's scored touchdowns at punts. That's a good combination for him, receiver, and and uh, return man in the league to get more opportunities. Everybody knows if you can do five things at once, the NFL loves you, and you can play that position great. Catch be number, uh, Maybe your number six receiver, but the primary punt returner or one, one of the two kick return guys. For Remigio, that's a big deal. And Cropper, I'm like, he catches everything. He's really good.
0: Yeah, I mean interestingly, I think the the most, I think the, the guy who maybe benefited the most from the performance on the field during the game was Nehemiah Shelton, the San Jose State cornerback who you know had an interception in that game. Um and it was and it came in sort of a critical juncture, like the I think it was the the West, I'm trying to remember who was on East and who was on the West. Shelton, another guy who was on the East team, coincidentally enough. <laughs> but you know, it came in a moment where you know, the the West roster was driving. Chase Bryce, the App State quarterback, was under center. And, you know, he stepped up. He made a big play. And that was exactly the kind of thing that we'd seen him do, you know, every so often for multiple years with the Spartans. And so, you know, he's one of those guys that we probably haven't talked enough about, probably didn't talk enough about, you know, during his time with that program as, as sort of an underrated kind of, you know, cover corner. But you know he might have seen his stock rise a little bit throughout that week too.
1: Yeah, if you make plays in the games, it's again the game. It's secondary, but it's still it's not for nothing. Like if you make plays in the games, like oh maybe this guy does better in games or practices because there's guys who do that where yeah. they show up in different situations, get an interception, and then you have, and there's there's a lot of talent. Like, look at the defensive side of the ball like uh, for speaking of that with San Jose State, Vilhame Fajoco is at the game. You have guys like Kate Hall, Kyle Harmon on the Spartans. Like they can have multiple players drafted coming mm-hmm. up, but performing in the games themselves, it's may not be as valuable as it is for your practice throughout the week, but man, make play. Like, make a plays when they count. It's a thing. It counts for a lot of stuff. People want, they still want you to make plays. Like, J.K. in the senior bowl had a good game. Like, he played well. That, that just kind of builds upon what they did during the week.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I mean, and apparently, according, according to the Atlantic Journal-Constitution, the Atlanta Falcons, who you know, you may recall this past year drafted Drake London, former USC wide receiver in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they mentioned they mentioned that, you know, one guy who gave him trouble during the 2021 season. Nehemiah Shelton. And apparently, the Falcons are taking a very long look at him already. So we'll, we'll see what happens. It's interesting, interesting to sort of follow these threads.
1: I know. It's like, it's like hey, when they play? I never remember. seeing. I guess, yeah, they did play USC last year or a year and a half ago. So that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, who else was at this bowl game? You had Jordan Mims. We kind of briefly mentioned him. He's uh, not quite what Ronnie Rivers was, but Rodney Rivers barely got shot in the NFL, so we'll see how that goes. But, but to he did get a chance
0: to show off a bit of explosiveness. You know, he had a 21-yard mm-hmm. catch. He had a 30-yard run. And, you know, other than Xavier Valade, former Wyoming uh, running back uh, for uh, Arizona
1: State, mm-hmm. second leading rusher
0: in the game as well.
1: It's good. It's all helpful. It's not bad. No, it's not bad. And then there's one more bowl game, right? It's a weird one. It's the uh, it's at Yeoman Stadium. Oh, it's a, sorry, it's HBCU game, Paul. So that won't feature any Mount players. It's a HBCU legacy game. That's a, I thought there was one more bowl game. Maybe they cut it back for draft stuff. That's the HBCU classic oh, type right. of game where those type of players will get a chance to uh similar 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 things. Senior Bowl, what East West game where you can, like, hey, let's go show up and let's be awesome and try to get the NFL, on the NFL radar. Yeah. So we'll get into more draft stuff as it gets closer because there's guys who aren't in this game. Get to combine different players. You'll have uh, just the pro day stuff. You'll know, well, have plenty of stuff going on for that part, so...
0: Have you ever
1: experienced turbulence on a flight and wondered why?
0: And you can see all the terrain around you. Uh, you've got no issue with visibility or anything? No, everything's peachy.
1: Maybe you've sat on the tarmac for hours wondering why your plane isn't moving.
0: Well, we're outside. here. They're saying the ramp is closed. They won't let us park because of uh, Air Force Walk.
1: Listen in on the conversations between pilots and air traffic controllers on the Air Traffic Out of Control podcast. 512 declaring an emergency. There's smoke in the cabin. I need to make a landing right now on 3-1 left. We have the most interesting, wild, and funny ATC recordings you will ever hear. Check out Air Traffic Out of Control wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Now, Matt, we need to uh, discuss the um, signing day. What do we call this? If signing day is completed, part two. Is there an official? So we can call or? you know until further notice. Let's just call it Signing Day Part Two. It's a good idea, and we'll see how it goes going forward because that December timeframe that's a busy month. So Signing Day is completed, transfer portals closed, and we. And one thing we should note, which only impacted one team this year, did you know, Matt, that the NCAA, NCAA cleared or I guess removed the twenty-five player limit for this season?
0: I did see. I, I did notice a couple of uh, the press releases mentioned like thirty players, thirty something players, forty players, something along those lines. Yeah,
1: yeah. CSU is one of those guys. Air Force always gets above, but it's different. I also like Chris Finney the athletic. There's teams, like you mentioned, forty plus, thirty five plus. It's partially due to COVID and transfer stuff. I think it's a one time deal, mm-hmm. but but all you gotta do is standard eighty five scholarships, so that's perfectly fine. So we look at the port at the uh, not portal, excuse me, the uh recruiting wise. Trying to it's all these different terminologies you can figure things out, like portal rankings, recruiting rankings. But looking like a big 10000 pitch review, really quick, it's not too surprised. There's only one or two surprise, a couple surprises, actually. One that's not surprising and some are if I make it sense here. Boise's is number one overall, and this is using 24 7 point total, mm-hmm. not average. Do you know the difference? Is it is that mostly because the number of recruits? Because the average, they're not number one. It's uh, San Diego State. Actually, I actually don't know
0: State. what uh, <laughs> where, where <laughs> the math comes from.
1: Yeah, because I know when you look at average ranking, like the average per player,
0: like per player. Yeah, because all they say is it's a, it's a proprietary algorithm. So
1: thanks, thanks, guys. I I'm not sure. I think I know the point total has something to do with your. uh Total talent, which could be why Colorado mm-hmm. is number two, but average is per player, and that's I wish you could sort by that twenty four seven, but you can't. But looking at the yeah, top appara- teams, but that- apparently,
0: apparently, if you're interested, twenty four seven sports does have an explainer that sort of reveals all the different components as to like how the number is created.
1: But I ain't reading all that right now. <laughs> yeah, their proprietary algorithm compiles rankings, public domain by major media recruiting services. So, like, when you look at the composite, it's not just him. It's 24-7. It's on three it's rivals. It's uh Scout, I think, is still a thing. ESPN, mm-hmm. all those things. And then the other, yeah, it's just go read all the details for yourself. But when they get the player average, I think that's more important. You have San Diego State, 84.68. Utah State, be partly because they have 18 players, is actually number two in their per-player average. Mm-hmm. And say, it's San Diego or not San Diego State, excuse me, UNLV, which – it makes sense at the bottom. They sixteen recruits, new head coach coming into town with Marcus Royal leaving, bringing in Barry Odom. They actually have an eighty three point one five average. It puts them, my math is right, top half of the conference, somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. So that's quality over quantity. But then again, UNLV they need all the qual. They're close. Like we have seen how close they're about. They're almost to a bowl game. New staff, but I still think quantity is good. But if they get quality players, they could stick around. That's even more important. But are you shocked that Boise State's like number one? We look at the total points. Does that make any ear surprises you see from anybody?
0: Not, I mean, not particularly, because you know the Broncos, I mean, obviously the Broncos bring in like a ton of talent year after year, mm-hmm. but it seems like you know, the, especially this year, the top talents that the Broncos were able to bring on board were like they're very, very promising, high ceiling type guys. And I should preface all of this because. On the one hand, like I'm with National Signing Day, I am very much not an expert. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're like the Brandon and the men, and, and guys like that who you know the, that is their world. But I, I do think of National Signing Day as being like a time of optimism all way around, regardless of, of of where a team is at in their sort of competitive window. So that being yeah. said, like Boise State. They recruit well year after year. That's no surprise, but it does seem like there's a lot of hype in particular about some of the top guys that they brought in. Cheap among them, Breezy Dubar, they're running back from Texas. Who yeah, they, just on, they, on, on, on on video, which again, I'm not an expert, but he's one of those guys, and he's not the only one that we'll probably you know, touch upon in this conversation, mm-hmm. but he's one of those guys that you Know just in virtue of watching his high school tape, you can see a separation of the kind of athlete that he is. You know, because he's so explosive, you know, he's the kind of guy who you know scored 20 some odd touchdowns as a senior, um, you know, could do a little bit of everything, had almost uh, I believe, two almost 2,000 all purpose yards, and and again, Texas High School football is a place that takes its sport very seriously so to be able yes. to thrive in an environment like that and to have committed verbally as, as early as he did and then to go out and make the Broncos coaching staff look smart for, for offering him as early as they did you know, he's the kind of guy who looks like he could be a perfect complement to, to contribute right away even yeah, in the backfield it, yeah. that is returning George Alani mm-hmm. and returning Ashton Genty.
1: Yeah, he could be a number three guy, and get he could be a guy where here you get strategically use him so he only plays in four games and save a red shirt. Mm -hmm. So that could be a possibility as well. Being running back three, it's like, well, maybe they don't they like you, but they don't want to waste you either. Give you more more chances down the road.
0: Yeah, and he's not the only guy that I think I've seen a lot of hype for. You know, obviously their quarterback of the future, C.J. Tiller, one of the top quarterback. I think maybe the top quarterback recruit that any team brought in. Uh, In this cycle, you know, Ty Benefeld, uh, another guy, you know, came in as an athlete. So uh, I guess we'll we'll see what plans they have for him in the future. But those are exactly kind of the, the, the kind of athletes that, you know, it is a lot harder, I think, for other teams to bring in consistently. But like when you're bringing in a trio like that and other guys that also have a lot of their own little fandoms behind them already. It's just, you know, that's how you keep the competitive window open year after year.
1: Yeah. Th- yeah. If you're good, if you're good throughout the season, and then you should be good recruiting. And like going back to what you mentioned with, with, um, Newbar, it's like, they, if you're in this conference, Bush State, CSU, Fresno, Hawaii it doesn't matter. Getting those guys early helps and maybe mm-hmm. like, hey, you believe in me first and, you're gonna have team. That's always helpful to like get these guys sticking around. Like maybe it sucks when like last minute. And I think it's happened a little bit less. The swoop like oh we're gonna we lost our linebacker from school X, but Indiana yeah they'll get you the boy state recruiter. Maybe Washington State's a better example in the same region of the country. Mm-hmm. He lives out there. It's like oh we're coming to here. We'll get you last second the day of. Like oh that's a better team. Those suck. But I think that's been fewer beginning less and less the past year or two with the portal and stuff. So hopefully. That doesn't that changes, but one another surprise for me. CSU match. See how many three star recruits they have. A lot. Twenty one. They also signed thirty, so that's why partially why they're number two overall. Their average is slightly below boy State. They're oh, about middle of the pack, but getting that's where Jay Norvell. We'll see how well he can do because they were not great last year. And so, what is Jay Norvell selling to get these guys to come to town? Cause it's a pretty good task. Like if you're not a good team, it's hard to get good talent too. Because overall, they are their composite rank is seventy, which is fine. Their transfer rank transfer rank is funny. They they went all on recruiting because their transfer ranking per twenty four seven is one thirty six, mm-hmm. and there's only what man one hundred thirty one FBS teams <laughs> somewhere in that range. That is correct. <laughs> so they didn't rely on the portal like some teams do. They go heavy recruiting. And they got the running back who you mentioned your top recruit, like Damien Henderson out of Los, Al- Los Alamitos, California, who's a three star guy. Size isn't quite there at only 185 and 6'1 for running back. Not terrible, but needs to be a bit bigger. But getting all these three star guys, like getting guys from Texas, California, Louisiana has a ton of talent. They get all these guys. They got one of the best quarterbacks in the state of Utah, in Jackson Brousseau, I've seen play in Lehigh. It's pretty good, but that'll be down the road. But getting, all these three star guys, you'd hope like a good chunk of these can work out, but they're he's going ever Washington, Tennessee, Texas. Jane not just hanging around in Colorado and California to get players.
0: Oh, no, yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do with his track record of development. Mm-hmm. I think obviously Carson Strong was the, the best example of that from his time at Nevada, but. You know, Dom Peterson looks like he's going to be another, you know, feather in that particular cap. Elijah Cooks could be, um, you know, he brought Tory Horton with him from Reno to Fort Collins and he thrived this year. So while it wasn't perfect on the field, I think what, you know, the vision that they're selling of bringing a winner to this program is something that is very easy for a lot of players, a lot of young athletes to buy into. So, I think it's important to keep in mind that Henderson is not only like the top three-star recruit they brought in this year. He's also their second best prospect ever, according to 24-7 Sports. And, oh, by the way, you know, they also brought in another guy who was in their top 10 of all-time recruits as well. And that's Kennedy McDowell, who, you know, based on his nickname, Mayhem. Not bad. Love I'm him. sincere. I sincerely <laughs> hope that dude thrives. I want that's a great name and I want to see him succeed. And, you know, he's one of those edge type guys, you know, also coming in from Texas that, you know, we, given the Rams are going to have to, you know, do a lot of work to sort of rebuild their pass rush with guys like CJ even and, and Devin Phelps moving on. You know, there might be an opportunity for him to contribute up front. He's one of those early enrollees, you know, uh, according to Kevin Lytle of the Colorado end from back in December. So he could come in and get plenty of opportunities to hit the ground running.
1: Yeah. And also look at what, like, what does the Rams need? Offensive line, because they had Kate Clay Millen throw quickly. They did not too many, not that area was not really met. In my opinion here, they went plenty of wide receivers, which is, well, look what Norville does. And they lost guys in the portal, Dante Wright. And um, who else was in the portal? I forget. Um, Ty McCulloch, was he in the portal? Yes. Okay, so a couple portal guys that left. So they needed to stack up receivers, which they did. And nothing crazy size. Like, well, a Marshall and Levon Brown, are, Levon Brown are pretty good size type guys out of Indiana and California. And they're also three-star guys. So it's they load up on pretty good quality as well. I mean and, they, they did get like
0: if you scroll down that list of three stars they did yeah. get like two or three th- all, you know offensive linemen you know uh Ayator, Urian Baranchea. I'm hoping I that correctly
1: Oh I saw that I'm like oh boy who's who's saying you or me you went right with it you sounded confident so it's good
0: <laughs> Yeah he Tanner Morley both often listed as offensive tackles both three star mm-hmm. guys Yeah so yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, it may take, uh, you know, it's definitely still a work in progress, but uh, oh, and I forgot to mention Christian Martin, also another mm-hmm. three-star offensive lineman, um, you know, the Rams cleaned up and that was exactly what they needed to do with so much transition over the last year and change through the transfer portal. You know, I think, you know, being able to sign a big class that Norvell is going to be able to call his own that is really sort of providing the foundation or this winner that they're trying to build there. It's it's really hard to argue that, you know, things don't look really promising
1: for the Rams. Hopefully it's the case because it's they've been pretty good. Like over the decades they've been quite good. So we'll see. So what about your first state Bulldogs? What do you think they accomplished in the recruiting section this year? I mean, I
0: think it's hard to say because they didn't get the same kind of high upside guys that you know, they did. But, you know, there was a lot of talk that one of the guys that, the, uh, that signed relatively late, Ezra Christensen, a JUCO guy from San Diego Mesa College, could come in and, and be uh, a potential star among the, among the edge rushers. And they're going to need to find a replacement for David Prowse one way or another. Um, but other than that, you know, it's sort of about, you know, keeping ties with like local programs know, Jaden Mandel from nearby Buchanan. It's like two, two minutes, like two miles away from where I live. Yes. You know, he signed with the program, Devin Rivers, who is Ronnie Rivers' younger brother, Ron Rivers' son. Um, you know, legacy signing for the Bulldogs. And so I think, you know, taken in taking that they've really tried under Tedford, both in his first and, and ongoing in his second step, to cultivate local talent. You know, I think you know with the with the JUCO guys they brought in in particular. You know, Tim Greer was their top signing out of Ventura College. Um, he wasn't the only one; they also signed linebacker R.L. Miller from. Uh, or, excuse me, no, that's a. <laughs> I was thinking Sacred Heart, but that's uh, yeah. that's a high school. <laughs> forgive me, um, but like you know, got Mendoza, another defensive lineman from Mount, Mount San Antonio College. You know, they signed enough JUCO guys to sort of be stop gaps and and keep. You know their championship hopes from being like a, a total rebuild I guess you might say
1: Hopefully, that's the case because so, you could guys so can like, be they may
0: not be the odds on favorite they may not have like the flashy names coming in that other that other programs will have but if you want to bet against this coaching staff figuring it out as they go um do so at your own risk
1: and also just look at the ratings like a lot of these yko guys have no ratings or two star ratings just because Mm-hmm. So that kind of tweaks the algorithm as well. It's like, well, uh, what's their class like? Uh, let's jump down to UNLV real quick because they ha- they have a new head coach, obviously, in Barry yeah. Odom. They brought in just 16 guys. And we look at the class overall. Their portal rank, whatever, not great. Overall rank, clearly not good because of the minimum talent, not talent, but min- minimum players of 16. Yeah. So, had, to, had
0: to make things up on the fly.
1: Yeah. And so, like, their best recruit is quarterback Bo Edmondson. And who knows? We got Doug Brumfield there in, in Vegas, so he should be there for a minute or two longer. But that's your best guy overall. And he, they got a couple of the three-star guys, but you go through, they have, say the at State. They have multiple junior college guys who not ranked, so we don't know. But again, that experience they need, they're kind of a spot where they're close to being taking to bowl eligibility. So if those Juco guys, like you mentioned, Fresno, they don't want to fall off for the championship season, make it to doing what they did. They want to kind of keep it going for these younger guys. If it gives them a year of a, okay, you're fresh, but you're not quite there yet. Register, you play a couple of games. These yeah. middle junior college guys could be the case. And that maybe that's what Brett Odom had to do. And that could be the case when they lose um, to their offensive coordinator to Texas A&M. Uh, oh, geez. Um, I forget about his name today. Um, you're talking about Bobby Petrina. I was. I was going to say Bobby Gonzalez. I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> Bobby Petrino. So losing guy, losing him, even though he's around for a month, that's may not be the biggest deal. But the biggest thing is a coaching hire, and it took a second. And So getting these guys in, a lot of these guys aren't ranked because they're either – and again, if you're not ra- rated, it doesn't mean you're not a good player. Even high school guys, just because oh, – I know yeah. now nowadays you think, oh, everybody has to be rated. Well, sometimes guys are injured their senior year or they – don't just don't get seen just because. Doesn't yeah. mean, they're I mean good. It, it is it Bud
0: Elliott that always that always says stars matter?
1: Him and Ari Wasserman, I yeah,
0: yeah, stars matter, but they aren't everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's more Ari. like, it's uh... especially in the Mountain West, and yeah, it, you know, it's Edmondson,
0: Edmondson's interesting because of of the program, you know, the high school program that he's coming from, Lake Travis down there in mm. Austin, Texas. Yeah. You know that is a program that is known for developing college and NFL quarterbacks. You, if you've heard the name Baker Mayfield, uh, he yeah. went to Lake Travis, and so like he's an interesting pickup because you know he's coming from a program with such a pedigree, but also he's sort of coming in at what you might call something of a discount because he was banged up a little bit last year. In 2022, only played I think at five games of memory serves, um, you know had an offer from Michigan State, decided to back out from that commitment, mm. um, and and when the Rebels you know lost their own you know quarterback commit to Coastal Carolina back in January, I believe, you know they needed they, I think from the Las Vegas Review Journal they knew that they needed a, a quarterback recruit. And so it was sort of a happy marriage all the way around. But I think more importantly to your to your previous point, you know, they brought in so many JUCO guys and and they hit the transfer portal so hard. I think, mm-hmm. and it's going to be really important for those new defensive pieces. I think to 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 have time to get comfortable with the college game. So the, the trio of three star guys on on the or excuse me a two star a, a, a duo of defensive guys. That I see. So like Lucas Conti. Addison Tellio in Southern California and Blessing Oluwalu, Tuiolimotu. I almost got that one correct the first time. <laughs> you know, both the defensive lineman and linebacker respectively, you know, those are guys that I think they're counting upon, you know, to, you know, a- after they, after they get the veteran guys to help them take the first step this year. You know, I think the, the idea is that those will be the guys to help them stay at that new level in two or three years.
1: I hope so, because that's what their goal is—to get to bowl game for the first time in over a decade.
0: Yeah, so
1: it's it's yeah, also like hard with,
0: with so many guys coming in off the transfer portal on, on both sides of the ball. I would be surprised if they're going to be counted upon to contribute in, you know more than like maybe a handful of snaps per game at the for, the new, guy, for the new guys. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, but, it's, well, but again,
0: it's still yeah. very easy to get excited about them.
1: Yeah. When we look at the other end. Who's like maybe disappointed? Could it be? Wyoming, they they had the lowest average over anybody overall. Is that a concern for the Cowboys? So Nineteen commits, av- only Mountain team to average under eighty points per player. They were one hundred twenty seventh in over, and I guess overall, but like, composite for recruiting one twenty six Portal is freaking one seventy one. Like they had their class is not very good. Like I don't, they have a couple three star guys, maybe Katie Anderson from South Lake Carroll, which just like you mentioned with like Travis, like that's where like chase Daniel went a lot of billion, a lot of really, 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 really good quarterbacks go in the country. So that mm-hmm. could be a coup they got from him. I don't. It's so that could be something where, okay, maybe they got one guy. There's some optimism there with getting a quarterback from one of the best places in the country. Cause that literally is a place where the best quarterbacks, a lot of them come out of them. You can, I could probably pull up Wikipedia page really quick and They'd have five NFL guys to pass 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And so that is probably their best player overall. What is no, I'm sorry, it is their best player overall. Him in uh, Keeney Parks, but oh after that, it's like I don't know, man. It's uh not not quite up to the rest of the conference. Yeah,
0: I mean you're definitely right. And when you when you're talking about, you know, at least according to twenty four seven sports, if my if my math is correct, three
1: three star signings? It's two, two or three. I oh, there's my sorry, there's sorry, yeah. Justin Stevenson. Justin Stevenson's third. Okay. Yeah. It's not in order. Sorry, my bad. It's just I don't know why he's on a pile. That's weird. Yeah, just three I mean, out of yeah. a lot.
0: It I mean, on paper it might seem disappointing, but then if you go back and you see the you know the caliber of, of development that that the Cowboys typically do with their recruits. You know how many times have we seen like a an like an unheralded type guy step up and be a big time contributor for the Cowboys like Andrew Wingard I, I'm pretty sure he had was he was a zero star recruit, wasn't he? It'd and now he's call. you know now I think he's about to sign a contract extension with the Jacksonville Jaguars
1: good for him
0: um you know, which is not to say that you know they they haven't brought in guys who will be like you know meaningful contributors this year who you know, had those sort of, you know, recruiting profiles, like, you know, Rook Brown, for example, on defense was a three-star guy, you know, on offense, DQ James, that we talk about every so often, also a three-star guy. But, you know, you see it every so often with Wyoming that they bring in those unheralded guys and those unheralded guys find a way to step up, you know, guys like, you know, Parker Christensen, Easton Gibbs, you know, Isaiah Nayer before he transferred, Trayton Walsh. So it's easy to it's easy to to look at the rankings and and think, oh my God, we're falling behind. But I would I would not count out Wyoming being as pesky as ever, and and, and by that being, meaning rather that you know, they'll find ways to develop these guys and be fine.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of guys are not rated, but they're a program that develops good talent. Good, like look at my running yeah. backs the past couple of years. Yeah, like you guys, you mentioned that come through. You lose even valley okay. We'll go to this guy. We'll go to this guy.
0: Yeah, like, yeah. Could... Best best recent examples. Caleb Robinson came in as a two star offensive te- lineman.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, he is now a defensive tackle who's probably going to be playing a lot of meaningful snaps next year. Um, after playing a lot of meaningful snaps this year, Isaac White came in as a one star wide receiver, and he is now one of their starting safeties. They and and um, omotosho Omatosho before he transferred.
1: Was a zero star linebacker. I think they'll be all right. Yeah. All right. So when we go to Utah State, they actually had the highest rating overall of the conference, which surprising but not surprising. Not surprising because being conference champs two years ago, that's when you're getting in all these guys. Because the secret recruiting kind of your current year doesn't necessarily give you a boost or a a drop off if you're good or bad, for the most part. Because when you have teams, like, let's say, for example, TCU, they go to the national title game, yeah, they'll probably get a small, more of a transfer portal boost and recruiting boost until next year. Like, oh, hey, look what we did this past year. Or if you're a team that hasn't been there in a while, or like, for example, University of Utah, back-to-back Rose Bowl parents just maybe now it's this year, it's really picking up. Or if you're a Cincinnati with the playoff last year, it might be this year. If you go to a group of five, like Tulane, it might be next year. So this could be partial Utah State from last year, of winning the conference title. And guys sticking with them, like, okay, we saw them the up and downs this year. And it could be just an aberration of them being 6-7 and seven after the bowl loss. And people, okay, but they won a the conference last year. And Blake Anderson will figure things out in year three. But their top guys, like they have uh, Talifi, Talal, an uh, d- offensive lineman from in- in-state Utah, like he's. Freaking two freshmen is gonna be about three hundred pounds, like easy gigantic of a man. In their top recruit, they brought in also like junior Sia, already three hundred ten pounds, Matt six six. Like they're bringing us some big time offensive lineman, big dudes, yeah, big big. Yeah, I mean, dudes and, that are coming in.
0: In between those two and, and Chase Davis, you know, according to twenty four seven sports, that's three of their top seven recruits signed ever.
1: That's huge. That's a big deal.
0: Yeah, and they're and they're hardly the only ones. It did seem like the Aggies did a lot to really clean up with some some strong recruits in state, in particular. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a quarterback from Skyridge, McKay Hillstead. They had a running, or excuse me, a, a safety from Lehigh, Katie on sweat, uh Jackson Olson from Ridgeline. And I think you know we we I think it is easier to identify that with Fresno. I think and because I think Fresno State does a lot to, to try and broadcast the fact that they are emphasizing, you know, their, the talent in their own backyard, but I think it's important that Utah state is doing the same thing.
1: Yeah. I think in this state, I can pull it up here. I'll take me a second here, but I remember doing for a radio show work on, we talked about signing day, not this one, but the one before about state rankings, like where are all these guys going? And most of the guys stayed around the city of Utah, Utah state. I think they I'm trying to pull it up here. I think two of them from the top 10, which is not bad when you have Utah, Winning back to back going to back to back girls, back to back Pac 12 champs, BYU going to the Big 12 and having back to back 10 win seasons heading into this year. It's going to be hard. in Utah State, despite their own strength, not despite, but they have their own strength of winning the conference title last year in the Mount West. It's still hard to compete with those other programs. They're still doing a pretty good job of getting the players within their state. Because some guys just want to hang around, and stay there, and they those guys, those schools you mentioned, like those are Springville, Lehigh; those are really good programs within the state that do good things. Skyridge they're quite popular, not popular, but quite productive on the field.
0: I mean, it's it's a good haul, and I think you, and especially that it's coming at in positions that are suddenly very important for the Aggies. You know, especially the the offensive line pair of of Sia and Taala. Because we already knew that you know, Jacob South was moving on, Alfred Edwards was moving on, and if past precedence is any indication, those guys, if they're here for spring, they get a chance to work out and, and get, go a long way for winning a starting job. I mean, I don't know if they're early enrollees or not, but if, if memory serves, Edwards was also a starter as a freshman. That's all I'm
1: it's, saying. It's good. Yeah, and with Blake Anderson doing good things at Utah State and before prior locations, they'll be uh they're, this is a good class based on what they've been doing. Hopefully, it keeps it keeps it going. And last year was kind of like, eh, we'll see. But look at the top ten; they had they got two of the top ten players from the state of Utah. So those players we had Junior Sia, who was number ten overall offensive tackle I mentioned, and then also the other offensive lineman uh, Telfi Tala, who's the other gigantic guy up front. And so when you look at the offensive linemen within the state of Utah, those were number two and three. Like number one overall recruit went to University of Utah, offensive linemen, but they got two of the three best in the, in the top ten, or two of, the, two of the best three I should say overall. So that's, mm-hmm. that's quality for what they're getting. And getting two of the top ten is the same amount, I believe, as BYU who had – actually more than BYU who had just one top ten player. So they kind of outdid BYU a little bit. Utah had four, which makes sense because – you love to see it. yes. Well, yeah, well they have got the Rose Bowl two years in a row. I'm just saying. But getting, by with the way,
0: did... yes. You, you mentioned you mentioned briefly a couple minutes ago that Utah State had the highest average in the conference. That is not actually correct.
1: Oh, did I miss it? I thought I did. Oh, I the 84- one team that had a
0: higher average than they did, your San Diego State Aztecs.
1: Man, now they're gonna be all over me because I screw up one little thing. I apologize. <laughs> Dang it, because they were Utah State eighty four six four. Oh. 84 six, eight. I apologize. So, you, I guess I'll be quiet and let you roll 30 Aztecs recruiting class or whatever you want to do. Since well, I-
0: and it's easy. I mean, it's easy to overlook the fact that, like, you know, the, the defense over the most recent years has tended to be ahead of the offense. But it's also been true that the Aztecs, maybe other than Boise State, have been the one team in the conference that has recruited consistently well year after year. So it's really interesting to see, you know, the caliber of athlete that they were able to bring in on both sides of the ball. You know if you look at their top, you know, six or seven recruits, like it's basically cut right down the middle. yeah, you know, they' their their quarterback uh, prospects, Javance Tupo, Wada Johnson you know, from from Shamanad in Southern California. You know, like we talked about earlier with with guys like Dubar and Henderson. he's another one of those guys where like his his tape just pops like, he was an obvious sort of, you know, dual threat guy. He can make plays with his legs, but he's also got a rifle for an arm. And if Ryan Lindley sticks around as the offensive coordinator, it'll be really interesting to see what he might be able to do with that caliber of athlete under center.
1: Yeah. It's and, like and,
0: and with it, with the weapons that they're putting, that they've recruited potentially to be around him. You know, guys like Jordan Napier, uh, Balen Brooks, but which is not to say that the Aztecs also didn't clean up on defense too. You know, their top two guys on that side are you know, Brady Nasser, Avador Valley up up north, Cathedral Catholic local kid Marcus Ratcliffe, uh, you know, safety. So they they did really well. Which I, I I wanted to make sure that I didn't ignore that because you know it's it's going to be really interesting to see how the composition of this of, of this team looks like. You know, now that they have a little bit of of, of fresh blood, in particular among the coaching staff, and now that it, at least for the immediate future, it looks like they have a quarterback who can offer them a little more explosiveness in that element of the game.
1: Yeah, and getting the number one quarterback for San Diego State as their top players—like, who would have ever thought that would be a thing? <laughs> and and with Jalen made in there, and then give a uh, uh, J Javins to Papa to to Johnson, excuse me, guys, call him J T J. Is that okay? Think you'd mind? Oh, okay. With JTG there being the best QB in the class or best player in the class, if this is the direction they're going, it's a good direction because we saw what they can kind of do with offense. And Brian Lindley there being the USC, which we haven't really mentioned very much, passing guy playing in the NFL, one of the best quarterbacks ever coming through San Diego State. That could be a turning point where the team, where with Brady Hook as the defensive guy up front, coaching everything overall, then offense being. With Lindley, I know he's inexperienced, but this could be the way of the future for them. I do notice a lack of running backs being picked up for this class. Did they even they did not sign a single running back in this class, if I'm correct?
0: I believe unless, that is correct.
1: Unless Sam Dunnell, who's a list as an athlete, could be a running back. I don't know. It looks like I don't know position he actually played or what they're gonna put him at, I should say. But yeah, no running back, which that was their biggest concern this past year. Like Chance Bell and other guys back there it just wasn't going well for them, and so were, unless there's the, the roster super deep, and I'm not, I don't have the roster in front of me. So it exactly is. Like, I mean,
0: they're, they're gonna have guys like Jalen Armstead coming back, Lucky mm-hmm. Avenger, Keenan Kristen. So, I mean, they're, they're still fully stocked, even with Chance Bell and, and Jordan Bird having moved on.
1: That's right, Chance Bell moved on. I was thinking like the class size, but yeah, it's you still think you'd grab one or two just because, but. That's the only error. It's like well, you, it's like you always get a quarterback no matter what. You always have to get at least one quarterback in your class because you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And with them being what they do running the ball, it's a little that's mildly surprising they didn't do that. Just you would think that'd be something they'd what they've been really good at they'd want to do. And then but looking at the portal as well, still no receiver, no running backs either. So they brought in no running backs, which we'll see how that works out. They might be fine because other positions of need too. If they have that depth, maybe they're confident it was just a. One off year with maybe the offensive line wasn't what it should have been. Running backs may not have been super healthy. New quarterback halfway through the year, say, so switched up the offense. There could be a lot of reasons for the running game wasn't good last year, and it could have just been a blip.
0: Yeah. And, and given their track record with developing offensive linemen in particular, yeah, I think that that makes, you know, other, you know, their, their, their prospects that they brought in, you know, Ryan Silver from Junipero Serra uh, in the Bay Area and in, in Jonah Rodriguez, another San Diego player, uh, local kid. Yeah, both of those guys are three-star guys too. So, you know, maybe within the next couple of years, they're stepping up and and taking on that role.
1: What do you think of us? I think it will end on this team, San Jose State. Because um, we could check your – Matt, people could check your article, Matt, about the top recruit from each class essentially. Mm-hmm. But San Jose State interesting because they've been a solid team in the past couple of years. They end up middle of the pack, 14 recruits only, which whatever, 10 three-star guys they are kind of low in their overall rankings. But look what they bring in. They need to replenish wide receiver groups because they bring in guys like Kaden Higgins um, and then from out Pittsburgh, California. Also, oh man, I'm going to say this name, Matt. And
0: Do you want me to, Would you like me to try?
1: I think his first name Kamea. Does that sound about right? Kamea or, uh, Kamea, or Kamea Is it Kamea That makes more sense. Yeah. There you go. Thank
0: uh, you. Ule.
1: Good job. You're the guy. Thank you. From Uwa Beach, Hawaii.
0: Uh, this, somebody's out. So, you know what? Hit us up on Twitter, MWC Wire, if we are totally mispronouncing that.
1: And we apologize for that. Being I'm doing my best. Yes. But what they bring in, like, a couple receivers, receivers, which they need, they need to replace a lot of defense. Like, I to mention, talked about the draft stuff, like Kyle Harmon. You have Fahoko gone. Kate Hall's gone. They're losing lots of guys on that defensive front. That's the majority of what they're bringing in. And all those guys are three-star guys. A couple defensive backs, which – we mentioned the uh shrine game, one of their guys is moving on as well. I think it's a pretty good diverse class. No quarterback from I could tell, but they have they still have uh Ch- on Cordillera for another season. They did bring in mm-hmm. some for the chance for like Dave Butterfield. So like a couple guys that, that way. I think overall what they wanted to replace kind of goes to our spring podcast we did recently as well, is kind of shore up that running game or place the defenders that are moving on. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what they focused on on. I would not necessarily running back, but receivers and then defensive up front, defensive guys specifically.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because it seems like, you know, the Spartans did a lot to remedy, you know, what they needed on offense through the transfer portal, but to set themselves up for the future, they went defense heavy for their, for their actual recruiting class. You know, Vaca Hansen, who you know, comes from St. John Bosco, you know, another you know, California high school power. One of the what interestingly enough, I learned during the process of writing that article you mentioned. Um, that program sent 19 players to different college
1: football programs. Crazy.
0: In including two to, to San Jose State, coincidentally enough. You know, Vaca Hansen's their number one guy, but they also signed you know, Hunter Noel. But that program, apparently, and not only did they send 19 guys to different programs, he also won the high school national championship this past year, which I also was not aware of. That's wild. The, the things you learn. Anyway, um, You know, I think he's. it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of role he plays, because if, I believe the Spartans are replacing you know, not only all the players you mentioned a minute ago, but... I think Lando Gray is also out of eligibility. You know, Noah Wright's out of eligibility. So like there might be a chance for him to play meaningful snaps if you know when he gets there for fall camp as well. But he's not the only one that they brought in on that side of the ball. You know, they brought in a Jugo guy, Noah, McNeil Franklin from Contra Costa, you know, a couple of you know high school you know guys for their front seven, Dylan Lee, Devarius Pitts, Alexander Cobbs, uh, and and Noah, like I mentioned in Minute. So it's gonna be really interesting to see how it all comes together because, you know, the defensive side of the ball has maybe been as a unit, one of the more unappreciated efforts in, in across the mountain West in recent years, like, you know, Derek Odom has done a really good job working under Brent Brennan. And so it's going to be really interesting to see if that crew stays together, what they'll be able to accomplish with this particular recruiting class.
1: I would hope so. Cause I think he'll do a good job because, Coach Brennan there, like he's brought them up from Mike McIntyre before, like he's sticking around and building them to be a contender. Like they're yeah. not some not necessarily elite contender to win the conference maybe this year, but they're in the running the past couple of years more, well more than just getting seven wins. And mm-hmm. so with what he's been able to do, it's gonna bring in more talent from the California and everywhere else. Like, hey, San Jose State's not a team that people really wanted to kick out a decade ago from the conference. Mm-hmm. So there's doing a good job. Any other team? Do we need to touch on every other team or are we going to leave people unhappy for not t- talking about everybody?
0: I, you know, what, we can go ahead and leave it there. Okay.
1: All right. So an apologies to New Mexico, air force and Nevada. <laughs> Sorry guys. And Hawaii. Oh, and Hawaii. So Hawaii, Hawaii. Oh, here's the thing. Hawaii 22 recruits, seven, three star ratings. Go read Matt's article. We'll touch on this. We'll touch all sorts of stuff, but we don't need to make this way too long of a podcast. So go read Matt's article. To get the inside of the top recruits, he felt or was—is it was it your rating or your the uh, twenty-four-seven no, rating? i have
0: looked at twenty-four-seven sports and then I dug a little more into uh, each individual player and what they bring to the table.
1: I do find this hilarious. I'm looking at it. Okay, we're gonna end with this. Um, I'll give it to Mexico to but DJ Washington, the wide receiver from Iowa Wesleyan Community College. So, mm-hmm. Matt, you you embedded the tweet. Week four highlights: three catches over a hundred yards, one TD. Sounds like a pretty good game, right? <laughs> yeah so when i went which week comes up it goes sensitive material does that mean he was so good it's dangerous for people to watch i so have is, no idea it's one of those this this video may contain sensitive content i'm like oh what's going on here that just means he had an amazing game and it's uh watcher defenders weird. getting mossed i guess that's one of the, so i just saw that I'm like that's hilarious so well that's it for our show this time we'll be back next week mwr.com check out all of our written stuff we'll have draft stuff come shortly obviously basketball is getting full going in full swing so who's going to win that league i don't know because there's a million teams that are good in the conference so check that out and we'll be back to talk some more uh maybe spring football we'll figure something out next week to get to it if you have any suggestions as always mwc Wire on twitter and we'll see you next week